what is content marketing? Content marketing, it's a way to build brand loyalty and sell products, services, and expertise. Sell yourself your expertise by creating and sharing information that's relevant and it's useful to your target audience. Welcome to another episode of the Facebook Marketing Ninja Podcast. My name is Jimmy, and I'm the Associate Creative Director for Manuel Suarez here at AGM. If you've ever done paid advertising and then wondered why your business didn't increase, then you're not alone. Every day there are business owners and entrepreneurs who try and often fail with paid advertising, while others are scaling their businesses to the moon. But what's the difference? Well, the businesses that are scaling have discovered the correct strategies for success when it comes to paid advertising. And we hope to reveal a few of those strategies to you today. In this podcast, how to create your social media strategies and campaigns, AGM's Chief Marketing Officer, Jorge Rodriguez, and the Tech Services Director, Jonald Jamora, discuss vital pieces of your social media strategies, including what is content marketing and what do you do with it? Where should you post your content once you've created it? And AGM's best practices for paid advertising. Just by implementing the tips in this podcast on a consistent basis, you're sure to be leaps and bounds ahead of your competitors. Check it out. Today, we're going to be talking about revisiting um, the how to create your social media marketing strategy. And we're also going to be going over uh, campaign structures. So like I said, we got some really good data for you guys. I think you're going to really like it. So let's go ahead and get into it. All right. Uh, again, what are we going to cover today? Um, what is content? Social media, uh, social media content strategy. So what is content? Types of content? Uh, where to post content? And also, like I said, at the end, we'll get into the campaign structures and we'll even go through um, doing a, a we'll, we'll go through live uh, creating a, con um, a campaign with you guys. And we'll show you how we do that uh, with the naming conventions and the whole structure of everything. Show you an example of that. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and get started with this. So here's a fact uh, about your social media strategy, okay? If you want engagement and you want virality, likes, shares, you know, followers, messengers, subscribers, um, and all the other good things that come with social media marketing, you have to make posts that are valuable. No surprise there, right? So you might ask, well, what do I post, you know, on social media that people are gonna actually find valuable? Um, the answer is content. So in a few moments here, I'm going to go ahead and define the four types of content uh, that you want to use in your marketing. Manuel talks about this a lot. You've probably heard about it, but we're going to dive more into detail about it. Um, and when it comes to getting value, uh, so return from your posts, uh, you're going to want to spend your content marketing money in ways that give a substantial return on your investment. Um, that's the whole point here of the social media marketing, right? So Going to look at this a little bit closer. Uh, what is content marketing? So content marketing, um, it's a way to build brand loyalty and sell products, services, and expertise. Um, sell yourself, your, your, your expertise by creating and sharing information that's relevant and it's useful to your target audience. Okay, so this marketing strategy is going to rely on uh, written or visual uh, material. So for example, you can use blog posts, articles, infographics, uh, videos to demonstrate your brand's authority. Uh, 
So in this way, uh, people are willing to trust the brand and they turn to it when they need its products, services, or expertise. So we build that know, like, and trust factor with the content. And again, that's what uh, in turn um, warms your audience up and gets them to buy your whatever, again, whatever it is, product, services, or, or your expertise, your coaching, or whatever that is, right? So um, good content needs to be well-written, well-researched information that can stand on its own. It's valuable. Um, even though it's shared by a business to attract customers or attract uh, income, um, you want to put the time and the effort into making something that's super uh, valuable to people. Um, one thing that I've seen before is people sometimes get scared to give away too much, uh, too much uh, free information or something like that. But in reality, um, and Manuel will tell you this himself, like when we figured that out, when we started giving away, away our most valuable content is when we actually started having um, our, our biggest growth spurts. So don't be afraid to give out, you know, your most valuable content. Just kind of make it a game to, um, you know, kind of give out more and more valuable content every time. So what should content be about? Um, this is where we can get into the different categories. So um, education is one. Your content can just be educational. And uh, you, know, you take the role of a teacher and you show people how to do uh, stuff. You can also post inspirational content. Maybe your more personality is more of a, uh, you know, a leader and, um, <clears throat> uh, and you, you like to motivate and inspire. Then you can go that route as well. Or entertainment, maybe um, you know you're more of the uh, the personality type that uh, um, like you see more on uh, TikTok these days is just very uh, much entertainment, and that's how you attract attention. Um, so the question is, what types of content should you post? So there's types of uh, creative. Th these are types of creative content. So um, we have video content, audio content written content, and then this is more like an infographic uh, visual type of content. Okay, so what is video content? So what is classified as video content? Um, so video content is any content presented in the form of moving pictures. Keep it simple, right? Uh, common forms of video content are going to include vlogs, even animated GIFs. Um, believe it or not, those, that, that is classified as a, as a video. Um, you can also do Facebook lives, Instagram lives, or any kind of like live videos and customer testimonials, recorded, uh, presentations and webinars. So that works really well, um, too. So doing something like this, like slides and just kind of going over it, especially if you're taking the educational route that those all, those all work very well as, uh, as far as video content. Um, now, why is video content important? So the demand for online video is just blowing up, okay? Google reports that 60% of American uh, consumers would rather watch video over live TV. I know I do that a lot. I, I have, uh, you know, the YouTube app on my, uh, on my TV, and a lot of times I just find myself watching uh, YouTube videos more than like a show or a movie or something like that. Um, so that's the trend that we're, you know, that we've already been heading into, but it's going to continue to grow um, as time goes on. Okay, so here's some samples of uh, video content. Let me go ahead and play some of these. So, so in this particular case, it was very um, 
very easy to create these type of videos. So it's just a, a stock uh, video in the back, right? And we animated a, um, one, of, one of the reviews from, I believe this was from Amazon, or if you have a review from you know, maybe your Facebook page or your Google, um, your Google Maps or something like that, uh, depending on what your service you're offering or products you're offering. So it's very easy, just put a review on it, put a little bit of motion in there with the uh, stock video, and then you just present your product. So here's another example. So, so in this example, we just, um, we were using, you guys uh, have access to some of the training that we've uh, provided to you in the, in the past, um, how to use Camtasia, for example. It's a simple software, a video software program that allows you to do all these different kinds of animations and transitions and stuff like that. But the concept of it is very easy. You just show your product and then you highlight the different benefits. Um, but one of the things that uh, you'll notice is there's constant motion throughout the whole video. And that's something that's uh, very key, especially in the very beginning, like the first three to five seconds. Um, you need to have a, um, some sort of a motion that grabs people's attention because if you think about it, like they're scrolling through, um, you know, through Facebook or something like that, and then you, all of a sudden you come across the video. So there has to be that motion that uh, creates a thumb stopping effect. Okay, so... Uh, what is audio content? So audio content, that's going to be any type of published material or information that's consumed by listening. So this is going to be like your podcast, your audiobooks. Those, they're great examples of this. Um, if you want to implement audio content into your marketing, uh, first determine your goal. So are you trying to attract new leads or um, delighting current customers, de determine a goal for your audio content before you implement it. So you need to figure out how audio fits into your larger content efforts. Um, one of, uh, for, for Manuel and for our agency, one of the, the major um, attention grabbing, you know, platforms out there has been uh, the podcast. And a lot of times we can take um, other content and, and repurpose it. Like if we have a, a Facebook Live or something like that, we can then put that into a podcast. So if you interview somebody, one of your customers or, or something like that, you could just create that into a podcast as an idea. Um, and then you can dive deeper into what type of audio content is right for your brand and how it can help you reach every goal at every stage of your marketing plan. Okay, so types of audio content should you get into as a marketer? Again, uh, for Manuel and, and us, the podcast has been, uh, has been amazing. Um, but you can also do audiobooks, voice search, audio advertisements, um, possibly something like Spotify, um, that kind of thing. And then um, alternative audio marketing options. Okay, so some of the podcast channels that we've been able to take from scratch, from nothing to, you know, hundreds of thousands of, da of, of downloads. Um, uh, of course, uh, Manuel's, you know, the Facebook Marketing Ninja podcast. If you guys aren't um, subscribed to that yet, you definitely have to. There's a ton of value in there. Um, exclusive content, too, that you won't see um, either in the coaching call, maybe even, or uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and stuff like that. So definitely check that out. Um, but Dr. Berg's as well, we took all of his um, YouTube channel videos and then uploaded them into uh, his podcast. He's actually, um, I think it was over a million downloads already. And he's ranking, um, I think, like number four for the, for the keyword keto inside uh, um, Apple, Apple uh, iTunes podcast. So um, there's a ton, a ton of attention that you can grab 
from just doing a simple strategy like this. Okay, so um, what is written content? So written content is going to be any type of published material or information that's consumed through reading. So written content, there's going to be things like blogs. It could be uh, PDF guides that you're giving away. Maybe uh, articles that you're writing could be case studies that you write on and, and post those to your own website. You could also have somebody else, you know, sh showcase a uh, uh, um, showcase one of your case studies. Um, so the copy you use on your social media posts and ads that is also written content. Um, sometimes you don't have to post, you know, a video or an image with your with your Facebook post or your Instagram. Well, Instagram, yeah, but for your Facebook, you could just post a written, you know, content post. Okay, and um, here's some of the examples, uh, what it looks like um, from our blogs. Uh, like I said, blogs has definitely been one of the written content strategies that we've implemented. And this not only helps with your marketing because you get to uh, put people into your custom audiences by using your pixel, but we've also been able to help our website uh, SEO strategy. So think about that. You're driving all this traffic from, from social media and uh, Google recognizes that traffic and, and then starts to reward you in your, in your, um, you know, your ranking efforts, your, your SEO. All right, um, so graphic content. When it comes to social media marketing, graphic content is an important part of an overall content strategy. So no matter um, how great the text is, no one's gonna notice it unless it's a company with nice visuals that grabs people's attention in the middle of browsing. Again, that, that thumb-stopping uh, effect that we wanna cause. And also when telling a company's story through graphics, it's important to keep in mind the strategic goals applicable to a specific marketing plan. So um, the type of images you wanna use, um, again, it has to be attention grabbing. You have to pay attention to the colors that you're using, not just for branding purposes, but also uh, there's ways to communicate th through using colors, right? If you're uh, trying to communicate something, uh, like let's say some sort of a special or a sale or something like that, red, uh, and, and yellow work very well for that. And so it just kind of depends what you're trying to do. So you do have to pay attention to that. Also the size of the pictures. Um, traditionally, if you just take a, a, a normal picture, it's going to be horizontal, but the best kinds of, or the best size of images for your, for your social media um, strategy should be more in line with either square or um, a, a little bit bigger than square like this one here. Um, I think that I think it's called uh, the, the ratio for that. Donald, if you can help me figure that out, because I forgot. But I think it's 16 by 9 is the ratio for these type of images. But um, the more real estate that you can take up, uh, if you think about it that way, as people are scrolling through, um, the more attention you're going to grab. So that's why we go with these bigger images. Um, on top of that, um, when you use bigger images, you can get away with using a little bit more text than you usually can with, with the smaller images because the Facebook um, um, algorithm or the robot, they do read how much text you're using in your images. And so you want to keep it to um, a minimum if you can. Let me see here because I think... Uh, yeah, 16 by, uh, 16 by 9. Perfect. Okay, so uh, the be best platforms to post on, of course, it's going to be Facebook, Instagram, 
Um, but we've um, recommended a lot uh, YouTube um, since, since a few years ago. YouTube has obviously it's the number two search engine after Google, uh, which is also owned, you know, YouTube is owned by Google. So sometimes your videos will also rank on Google and get you more traffic that way. But YouTube, the nice part about that is your videos will live on uh, forever and they'll continue to grab that attention. Um, as time goes on, the more and more video views you get, it actually starts to rank even better and do better as time goes on. So um, each platform has a little bit different uh, nuance that you have to kind of you know, work with. But that's one thing about video uh, of uh, YouTube. And then TikTok. I'm wondering uh, how many of you guys are on TikTok yourself, not just as a consumer, but as a... Um, as a content creator, let me know. Uh, let me know here. I'm curious about that. Um, I started doing TikTok a few months ago, and uh, it was it probably probably like only two months ago, and I'm already at uh, close to, or maybe I crossed uh, today. I'm not sure, but um, seven thousand followers. So the attention on there is huge and the engagement on there is also uh, huge, but you got to do it in an entertainment type of way or in a a very short and concise to the point, you know, educational type videos. Uh, So Christine says, uh, so not her. I thought there was something not great about TikTok. I mean, there's uh, definitely some uh, news going on around uh, TikTok, but for now, we're, I, I continue to use the platform to grab attention until something else happens. Um, so either somebody buys them out, like supposedly is the plan, or um, you know, maybe we no longer are able to use them. And, um, but that the, so going back to something Manuel always talks about is the, the multi-channel uh, and omnipresence, right? You just do... You got to do a little bit of TikTok, a little bit of YouTube and, you know, work on your Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. If don't rely on just one of these platforms. Um, but also LinkedIn and Pinterest has al- also always been part of our strategy. LinkedIn, especially if you do more um, with business to business type um, um, type of business there. OK, so how to automate your posts, make uh, our life a little bit simpler. Um, this is a calendar grid that we've used in our agency um, and it just allows you to be a little bit more focused and more intentional um, about your content. You know, if, uh, if, you, if you don't uh, plan, then you're planning to fail, to, to fail, right? As the saying goes. So plan it out. What are you going to talk about? What are you going to post? Um, you can do a little bit of, you know, maybe keyword research, competition research and stuff like that to get to topic ideas. Um, and then plan it out. What, um, what platforms are you going to post on and what's it going to be about? Is it going to be an image, a video, a GIF? Um, are you going to ask a question to get engagement? All of those things should be um, thought about. And what we use, um, I believe we went over this in the last uh, coaching call, right, uh, Jonald? Um, but if not, you guys need to um, check out agorapulse.com. That's what we use in our agency, as well as what we recommend to all of our customers to get on when they signed on uh, with us to, to the agency, because um, it, it allows you to manage all your social media platforms under one roof. So um, you can respond to all of your Facebook posts, whether it's ads or the organic as well. And, um, and then you can also schedule out from here to, to your platforms. 
All right, so we're going to get into the overall campaign structure. Uh, I'm going to ask Jonald to uh, help me on this and uh, show you guys um, how, we, how we set all of this up. Before we go on to that, if you guys uh, have any questions so far, put them, put them into the chat here. Um, mm -mm -mm -mm. Let's see here. Okay. All right, Donald, you want to go ahead and jump in and, uh, and uh, take us through the campaign structures? Yes. Um, first thing is, can you stop sharing so I can share my screen? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Awesome. So everyone can see my screen and hear me well? Cool. Yeah. Cool. So moving to our topic for today is the overall campaign structure. Um, first and foremost, campaign structure is one of the most critical pieces of a successful social media marketing effort. Um, there are numerous ways to consider structuring your campaigns at first. So in the following slides, you'll see examples of the structure and content of on how we do things in AGM. Um, each marketing or campaign objective will hold multiple ad sets or interests to target and each of those ad sets will initially hold three ad creatives with their own unique um, ad copies, headlines, and URLs. So that would ensure um, our targeted audiences will see a different content each time we show an ad to them. Um, that in return will slow down the ad fatigue as well. So these are the AGM best practices that we recommend when running paid social media marketing. So first is create a separate campaign for each campaign objective. For example, um, you do have your branding campaigns, campaigns that includes video views, traffic campaigns, engagement, or reach campaigns. You also have your sales or your bottom of the funnel, which are uh, the conversion campaigns, catalog ads. Or you also have your um, campaign objectives to collect leads. Um, these are under lead generation campaign objective or the messages objective where you send traffic to your ManageChat account, collect your customer or your audience data such as emails and phone numbers so you can continue communicating to them via multi-channel. So each campaign um, or campaign objective performs quite differently since you are pushing for a different um, result afterwards. If your campaign objective is for video views, then Facebook will optimize for results to generate you the cheapest cost per through play. Um, that's the um, generic campaign objective or optimization we use for video views. Um, different results for conversion campaigns or messages campaigns as well. You'll want to be able to set a budget, manage and report separately for each campaign category that you are running. So here is a short example of um, the campaign structures we do use um, inside AGM. I do have them separated per campaign objective. For example, uh, this is a campaign for video views. Um, for top of the funnel, um, what Manuel had been recommending in the past is you use ABO or ad set budget optimization. So you can easily test and see which cold audiences or interests will perform better. And then you can build out uh, buckets of audiences right after. So for video views, you'll have your first um, ad set under or that has or targeting an interest-based audience. You can use a lookalike audience or if you do have a um, local office or a local um, store, you can do micro-targeting if you are specifically only selling on that location. 
And then under each of these ad sets, so for example, under interests, you'll have up to three ad variations. That can be, uh, the variations can be different images, different copies, different headlines. Um, you'll also have another campaign objective for traffic to blogs. And then again, you can also use um, the same set of three audiences, which are interests, lookalikes, and micro-targeting. Um, we also don't recommend um, compiling those audiences into one ad set. For example, you'll have 20 interests in one ad set. Um, that wouldn't result to you having a hard time um, uh, knowing which interest is actually producing the cheapest result because you, you are stacking up the audiences. So what we recommend is one set of audience per ad set, approximately um, one to two million in audience size. Um, you'll find the audience sizes on module six of the Facebook Masters course. Uh, it covers the, the targeting and audience uh, topics. So each of the ad sets again will have three ad variations. Now moving to our messages, conversions and catalog ads, this campaign objectives now will target your warm audiences. So for example, on your messages campaign, you'll have one ad set for custom audiences. This can be a custom audience of people that engage with your Facebook page, people that watch 25% of your videos, 50%, 75 or 95% of your videos, um, people that engage with your Instagram channel or people that actually watch your IGTV if you are now pushing content on your IGTV as well. So again, one audience per ad set and then three ad variations. Same with our conversion campaigns, you'll have, you can set up multiple um, custom audiences. Uh, by the way, for messages, conversions, or catalog ads, or other com campaign objectives that you are targeting warm audiences, you are now going to use CBO or a campaign budget optimization. That way, Facebook will help you decide or spend money on audiences or ad sets that are actually producing results. So it would be like Facebook is becoming your virtual assistant. They'll manage and optimize your campaigns depending on which ad sets are actually getting you the results you wanted based on your campaign optimization. Um, for catalog ads, however, um, I, if you notice, I don't or did not name it as custom audience one, two, or three. I had it named depending on the type of audiences you will or can use. You'll have options like added to cart in the last seven days, 21 days, or 14 days. You can also do cross-sells. For example, they purchased product A, you can cross-sell them the product B, and upsells. If you do have product kits on your um, website, or for example, let's say Shopify store, you have your keto kit. If, for example, they purchase the electrolyte powder or any of the individual products under that kit, you can upsell them the whole kit. Um, it will only have one variation per ad set, and the creatives under the ad set or the ad is actually dynamic, dynamically grabbed from your website. You can customize your creatives for your catalogs. Um, this was covered on a coaching session before regarding catalog ads. You can change the creatives inside your catalog ad manager and have a, a design for, for example, on holiday seasons. If it's Black Friday, you can have a custom image design for all your cat catalog images that showcases Black Friday. Or if it's Christmas or holiday season, you can have that theme as well added or appeared on your catalog images. So let's go over. Um, um, Donald, <clears throat> can, we, can we just clarify one thing? Can we go back one slide? 
There was a question about the uh, micro-targeting and interest. I just wanted to clarify. Micro-targeting refers to when you guys are targeting a local area. Is that right, Jonal? Yes. Correct. All right. So just we had a question about that. So um, that's the difference between micro-targeting and interest. When you uh, are targeting a city, um, usually the audiences are too small if you add in an interest. Like let's say I wanted to target just uh, – I don't know, uh, people interested in keto in uh, where I live, Clearwater. The, the, the population in Clearwater is so small. If you add an interest to it, it's just the, the interest is just going to get too small. So um, oh, somebody says I can't hear. Can you guys hear me okay? Yep, I can hear okay. you. Okay. So that's the difference there between the micro-targeting. And then somebody else had a question about doing ABO. What's the minimum recommended ad set budget that you would uh, use for testing? Um, I would say it depends how fast you need to get results uh, because you can do as far as, as little as $5 a day. Um, or if you, you know, if you have the budget and also you, you want to get the results faster then you can start with something like, let's say $25, $50 uh, a day. So uh, what do you recommend, John? Yeah. Um, if you are short in budget, you can start with $5 per day. Yeah. Um, basing with you are targeting a big audience as well since it's top of the funnel then if you have a big budget then the sky is the limit you can do 1000 a day if you want to that would actually get your results quite faster compared to five dollars per day correct and the 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 smaller the budget that you set the longer you'll have to wait for it to at least, you know you got to give it some time to to learn and maybe optimize a little bit to, to get you gather the data that you need to make a decision. Um, after one day of spending $5, you can't say, is it working or not? So you might have to wait about seven days or so. Whereas if you could just spend $50, maybe in one day or two days, you'll have your answer. Um, again, depending on what kind of campaign it is, um, if you're getting results or not, and then you want to turn it off or not. Yep, totally agree. And okay. then another question from Mindy. Um, mm -hmm. Why can't you use custom audiences with video views? Uh, Mindy, the idea of using video view campaigns is to build out your audience. Um, that's why we always do recommend using called audiences for video views since the, these campaigns, along with your engagement or reach campaigns, are considered as the top of the funnel, where you initially build or initiate your branding strategy for you to reach more people and have them added onto your buckets. What we mean by buckets, uh, these are the custom audiences you can create inside Facebook Business Manager. Um, these custom audiences are, for example, the video watchers, the engagements, the website traffic or website audiences that you gather from your Facebook pixel, customer lists, those are your buckets of audiences. Sounds good. All right, so let's move on to the next slide. Um, our next topic or slide would cover actually the individual setup of the campaign structure. So let's say you are running a conversion campaign as we covered earlier. Um, the campaign will have up to 70 ad sets. That's the maximum um, ad sets you can have for CBO. Um, but depending on your budget, if you do have a small budget, I would recommend at least one to three. Um, ad sets to test out multiple audiences at the same time. Again, don't stack up or stack custom audiences. Use one custom audience at a time. So for example, if you are targeting your Facebook engaged followers, just use that specific audience into one ad set. If you combine Facebook engaged um, for the last 180 days, 
you add the Instagram engage for the last 180 days, then you get results. You'll never know which platform is actually giving you results, if it's Instagram or Facebook. So always have them on separate ad sets, run them under a CBO campaign. Depending on your budget, you'll see the results within two to three days. Then you can either turn off or scale the winners and then or just keep the campaigns running since if it's a CBO, Facebook will actually optimize the campaign, spend the budget on the ad sets that are actually generating you the best results. And again, again, you also have to have three ad variations on each of those ad sets. Depending on how the results would go on, you can turn off one or two of those ad variations. And let's say ad variation one has been producing results um, that also has a high number of ROAS. Version two does not have results or zero results. Version three also has results. Then you can turn off version two. And moving on, how to scale the ad sets or how to scale your ads, um, a typo here. So what I've been testing out lately, um, two sets of scaling. Um, so first set is don't ever edit or update an ad set or an ad as this may cause the ad set to reset the learning phase. For example, editing ad copies, changing headlines, those would um, re-optimize re your campaigns afterwards. So what I do recommend, or if you scale it more than 20%. So what I do recommend is if you want to scale a specific ad set, let's say it was previously running under a CBO campaign um, with multiple ad sets under it, and that specific ad set, or let's say call it ad set one, has been producing uh, seven ROAS for the past weeks. So if you want to test out on scaling that specific ad set only, you can actually duplicate it onto a new campaign, set a higher budget and let it run for um, a couple of days. If it starts producing results, you can leave it running. If it's not producing results, then you can turn it off right after. But always just duplicate the campaigns or ad sets that you wanted to scale. Um, Another scenario which I'm also testing out right now, this would only be applicable if you can, one, monitor your campaign aggressively, two, if the audience is big enough, and three, if your offer is actually, or if the results are um, quite well, let's say it's above 3.5. Um, I've only been testing it for a couple of campaigns, but you can aggressively scale, but it's entirely optional. That's only if you can monitor your campaigns really well. If not, then I would recommend doing this scaling format of duplicating the ad set onto a new campaign, increasing the budget, and then monitoring it afterwards. All right, so moving on to our next topic. I so far don't see any questions, so I'll move on to our next topic, which is also beneficial for your campaign structure. This would actually help you better understand or review your campaigns moving forward. Uh, this would be your campaign naming convention. Here is an example of an ad set. With looking this, um, just looking by the ad set name, you actually wouldn't know if what the audiences would be falling under this ad set, what the audiences would be under this ad set, what the audiences would be under any of these ad sets since they aren't named correctly. So it would take you a couple of minutes or you would take your valuable time 
opening each of the ad sets, checking who the audiences are. So you can then decide um, if you wanted to scale this audience, if these audiences are doing well or not. So what I would recommend or we would recommend is to start uh, using a naming convention. We have been using the naming conventions uh, on our accounts. So every time we do an audit or review a, a client or a campaign, we can easily know what the campaign objective is by assigning a proper naming convention. For example, we have conversions for Dr. Berg. We have a traffic campaign for Dr. Berg, messages, catalog ads, and video views. Um, we previously also had the reach campaign and engagement campaign. Now, by just looking at the campaign names, um, we can easily tell that all the ad sets under this campaign are focused on or optimized for a conversion. All or everything in here are focused on traffic objectives. Moving on to our ad set level. So a campaign has three levels. Again, we have the main campaign, ad set level, and the ad level. So under the ad set level, this is where we add the audiences, the targeting sections. So our recommended naming convention for the ad set level. Um, you've been seeing this naming convention in the past coaching sessions where I always use W or C. W stands for warm and C stands for cold. Um, cold audiences are your interests, your lookalike audiences, your micro-targeting audiences. Um, your warm audiences would be the custom audiences you create under business manager. This includes your video watchers, website visitors, customer lists, etc. And then what product you are promoting or where you are directing users to. If it's a conversion campaign, so you can name it, for example, warm for warm audience, trace minerals as the product you're promoting. The audience would be your top 25% video watchers. And the optimization is purchase. And the Last letters would be the initial of the ad manager or the person that actually created the ad set. Um, this section, the, last, the initials are optional. If you do have a big team under you, you would want to have their initials added onto your naming convention so you would know who created the campaign. Um, if it's only you running the campaign or the account, then this you can actually remove the initials afterwards. Uh, moving on to our third level of the campaign, which is ads level. This is where you add your creatives, ad copy, headline, the website destination URLs. So the recommended naming convention that we use is the type of creative uh, for and the production on the creative. For example, we have adrenaline cortisol, FAQ video, adrenaline cortisol image, digest formula, FAQ video, Version two, if you do have multiple versions of the creative, you can add the version number afterwards. We have video blood sugar support. As long as you have the creative type and the product that it's currently promoting. Because normally you can customize your thumbnails for videos. So if you had customized it with a generic thumbnail that follows the 20% rule, you wouldn't determine what is inside that video. So it would be ideal to have the product name of what is currently being promoted. If it's a blog, then you can add a, the blog name or blog title, a short title of it, and then the type of creative you are currently using. Um, do you have anything to add, uh, Bossori, or can I move to the last topic that we have for today? And then we can show them how to grab content that they are posting on to social media. 
um, grab the post ID, um, we can use Page Insights or Creator Studio, and then how to run campaigns for those. Yeah, that's gonna be good to show the uh, the, the the live uh, demo there. I would just add to the naming convention thing. Um, when we started implementing this, we started getting a lot of clarity, and we're able to actually um, scale easier too. Because when, especially when you start to scale, you're gonna have a lot of creators, a lot of ad sets, and a lot of different uh, campaigns sometimes. And uh, this allowed us to put in some structure, some order into this whole thing where it was uh, chaos before. And so, again, it just allowed us to eat more easily scale, um, like John was saying, especially if you have a big team, you know, um, putting in those initials of like, well, who created this and, and, and uh, who's responsible for this and whatnot, that, that also helped a lot. <laughs> but uh, so we definitely recommend following the naming convention. Just keep some sort of cons consistency there. It's going to help you um, just not add any more confusion to, you know, sometimes uh, learning, you know, th this uh, whole Facebook game. Uh, is already sometimes confusing. So uh, just adding in some organization definitely helps out. That's all. Awesome. So moving on to our topic, I'll just cover the last part of the slides and then we'll do a live demo on how you can use your content effectively after you have been posting content. So um, question is how do you to use content effectively? And that would be attention. You want attention for your brand. You want attention for your products or services. Um, so uh, let's say, for example, you have been posting videos on your Facebook page um, and it's been getting um, traction. So you can use those videos um, and run them for video campaigns so you can reach more people or you can expand your audience afterwards. So here is a sample of a campaign structure for a VDV campaign. So since this is still at the top of the final campaign, you still would want to target called traffic. And then you can add up three um, ad creatives. This can be either post IDs or you can create, re re recreate the post again on your business manager. So um, this is in turn a question again, or an answer for an additional answer for Mindy earlier. Um, these are what we call audience buckets. So out of the video watchers that we have from this video, we create or add them onto different sets of audience buckets. So the audience buckets are the three second video watchers, 25%, 50, 75, and 95% video watchers. This audience buckets then can easily be added or accessed into your audience manager, inside your business manager. Um, once you created them, it normally takes a couple of hours for it to show the right number of audiences um, that you can retarget. And you can use those audiences on future campaigns such as traffic to blog to further provide them value and nurture them. Or you can do a conversion campaign to either um, send them to a registration page or to have them purchase a product onto your website. Um, quick note on the conversion campaigns. If your pixel is pretty new, we've covered on the earlier questions, um, coaching sessions on how to season your pixel first so you don't spend money without generating results. You want, if pixel is pretty new, it doesn't have any data yet. So it couldn't optimize well if you immediately push for purchase. So you want to go for um, pixel journey from view content, add to cart, 
initiate checkout and then have those initiate checkouts purchased. So it's a step-by-step -step process on seasoning your pixel or having your pixel learn who your desired audience. That way in the future, once you start a conversion campaign for purchase, it would already know who and where to show your ads to. Um, do we, do, do, we um, do we want to cover how many events we recommend for each step of the funnel there before we move on? Yep, the next it, step? it would be ideal if you can have at least 50 conversion events before you move on to the next step of the funnel. Um, 50 conversion events is the general um, number for a campaign to fully optimize. Right. So if you start optimizing for add to cards, you want 50 add to cards, and then you're going to switch over and start a new ad set initiate, uh, optimizing for initiate checkouts. You want another 50. And obviously if you get sales from that, then that's gravy. But then finally you can switch over to the purchase uh, event optimization and then um, it should be, it should start to perform a lot better. And we also get this uh, uh, from the, from an agency um, point of view, right? Um, a lot, I get this from customers sometimes where, um, sometimes you can have that, that mindset of like, well, I'm kind of just wasting money here, but it's, it should be looked at more like an investment. You just have to invest this money in order for your pixel to perform, um, better and more optimized, um, in, in the future. Yes. So our next sample campaign is your messenger campaign. So let's say if you have, uh, been putting content out there, um, for example, blogs, articles, videos, you can grab those content. And, um, or you also have lead magnets. So you can grab those content, create a message campaign. Um, it can either be a traffic campaign um, using a reference URL or a message objective campaign using a keyword. And then you can have three types of creatives as well um, that you can use to promote those lead magnets. Now, before we jump into Q&A, let's go over a sample uh, scenario on how you can first um, review all the contents that you have promoted or posted organically on your Facebook page or your Instagram account, and then how you can use those content and put it into paid advertising without clicking the boost button on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so you do have um, two options. I open them ahead of time, but I can just guide you through on how to access them. I open them ahead of time since they take a lot of time to load. Um, for, as you can see, it's actually still loading. But first option is via your business manager. So you'll have your mega menu option. Um, we've covered this specific lesson um, last month under Creator Studio. So you access Creator Studio you will be redirected onto this page if you do only have one Facebook page connected. So you'll be redirected automatically on that Facebook page. And then under your posts, you can see how your content is being accepted by your general audience. And you can then determine, let's say, this content has been producing or has been getting a lot of organic traction and you wanted to get more audiences to see this content so you can grab or click on it copy the post id then go ahead and let's say you don't have a video view campaign as of yet running so you want to again copy the post id or you can copy the post link either way would still work 
so we would run a video view campaign and I'll skip the audience targeting for now. Go directly to your ad level. And let's wait, ad setup, use existing post. Now the next error that you see normally happens. So I've valid promotable post with this ID was not found. What you'll do is Facebook is actually smart uh, application. So it actually gives you the correct post ID to use. So grab the number below and use that post ID. Um, reason being is when you copy the post ID or copy post link, it actually redirects you to the watch section on Facebook where it actually just shows all videos that is currently available on Facebook. That's not a post ID, but Facebook actually grabs that post ID for you and correct the post ID that you have. So let's compare the URL I got from the Creator Studio when I copy the post link. So the video is about lemon water. What Facebook actually recommended afterwards when I entered the wrong post ID is also the lemon water is essential for fasting video. Now you can use this video as your ad level version one. Then you can add a uh, separate video. For example, if you find another one that has been getting good traction, you can use the second video. Um, another section where you can actually get most or if not a good list of posts that you can promote um, for video view campaigns or which campaigns is via your Facebook page. All you have to do is go to insights. If you couldn't find or locate insights directly, click on the more section and it should give you the insights section. So once you are on the page insights, select posts and currently this will show you the organic reach um, that you have um, generated on all your posts on your Facebook page. You can then compare or see which organic posts actually has been generating results or has been getting a lot of traction. Now these icons would also show if the post is actually a photo or a video. If you want to run a video view campaign, I would recommend checking out all the videos that you have you can always click see more to back, go back to um, the earlier post that you have. And then there's going to be this um, section, which is going to be your reach. Now it has this specific video has two um, colors on the reach section. So let's zoom in a little bit so I can show you. So the darker orange is actually for paid traffic. The lighter orange is for organic. The rest of the posts that you can see here are all organic reach. Now, if you're looking at the reach and engagement on all of the posts, you can easily determine that this post actually has been doing quite well. It has 398,236 organic reach or engagement. So, meaning this specific content is being left by your audience. Now, what you'll do is click on the title. It takes a little bit to pull up the, the, the post itself, but pretty much you're gonna do the same thing. Copy the post ID, add the post ID as your creative, and run that as your um, video view campaign. Now we do have um, a question from Claudia, um, posted by Rain. So 
50 add to cards to use conversion objective. So, Claudia, conversion objective can or has multiple campaign optimizations. Um, under conversion of the objective, you can optimize for purchase, add to cart, initiate checkout, view content, or other such as completed registration or leads. Now, if you are seasoning your pixel, uh, meaning it is a brand new pixel, you just started to create or just created a pixel, what you'll do is you follow the pixel journey. Um, first conversion campaign that you'll create is for either a view content or an add to cart. Um, conversion event. Now, once you have 50 conversion events for that specific optimization, you jump onto the next one. So let's say we start with a view content. You run the campaign until you get 50 um, view content or conversion events. Once done, proceed to the next campaign objective, which is, or optimization, which is add to cart. Run it again until you get 50. Once done, proceed to the next phase, which is initiate checkout run until you get 50 and then that's the time you can optimize for purchase now once you are running a view content add to cart or initiate checkout conversion optimizations um, you'll still definitely get some sales depending on how good the product is how well the copy is written on your website you'll still definitely get some sales um, those are an extra for the campaign objectives you're running the main purpose first is for your pixel to learn who your desired audiences are. Because if the pixel is unseasoned and you immediately go to purchase conversion event, you're gonna be spending a lot with less or zero results. Um, do you have any other recommendations for that, Boss Jorge? No, that's exactly what I would say too. Awesome, so next question is, using conversion objective, um, optimized for add to cart, even you want to see at least 50 add to cards before moving on. Yes, you want to see 50 events triggered before you move on to the next step. 50 events triggered is the standard optimization number for Facebook. Right. So if you look at your campaigns that are currently running, if it's still showing learning phase, meaning it hasn't reached 50 events. If it shows active, then meaning it already had reached 50 events and it, Facebook is now fully optimized to get you the results you wanted for the campaign objective you are aiming for. Um, next question from Mindy. So after you have the bucket of custom audience of highly watched video, do you nature the bucket? Nurture. Uh, nurture, yep, okay. Bucket, if so, how, or do you sell them? Yes, you actually, once you have the, the audiences created, for example, of video watchers, Part of the nurturing process is you can either send them to blogs, you can do a messenger messages campaign where you generate leads to your managed account, ask for their email and phone number, and continue to nurture them via multi-channel um, using the nurture sequences that you have. You can provide them or send them blogs, you can provide them articles, you can provide them videos embedded onto um, messages as well. And Yes, Mindy, you can also retarget the video watchers custom audience that you have for another set of videos that you wanted to use. For example, if it's a series of videos talking about a specific topic, then yes, you can retarget video watchers. Awesome, so that's going back to our what we're sharing earlier, that's how you create um, or use the post IDs from your most engaging content and run those under 
your paid campaigns to generate more traction and then build out your audiences for future retargeting or nurturing. Awesome. Okay. So let's go ahead and see if you do have any questions. Yeah, go ahead or, and type in your uh, questions that you guys have in the, in the chat. I wanted to show you um, another example since it kind of goes in line with the, uh, the content of what we're talking about and what kind of content. Um, um, one of the kinds of content that I, I've been seeing uh, work very well across different types of niches, different accounts. Um, specifically when it comes to um, e-commerce and conversion campaigns, okay? So I know we have a lot of e-commerce uh, students in here. Some are not, but um, this is working very, very well for e-commerce. Let me go ahead and share my screen so I can show you. Plus, I'll show you a um, little hack that I've been uh, working with, and it's working very well. All right, so um, these type of images we, we call uh, the user-generated content. So this came from a review from one of our users, um, and it shows the before and after, which is really nice, but it doesn't even have to necessarily even show like a before and after. It's just the type of picture where, um, again, it just looks like very something that anybody would share on uh, social media, right? So um, something like this is working very well. So I wanted to share that with you guys. And then something that you can do is actually start putting some reviews of some of your customers that maybe you get from Amazon. You can screenshot them or something like that and then put them in here into the comment section, um, especially at the very beginning when, you, when your post uh, first launches. You want uh, some sort of comments in there to, to kind of like, you know, kick off your engagement and not to mention it's going to help you with your conversions, uh, which it has for us. I'll show you one more example here. Uh, not to get political or anything, right? But uh, this is something that uh, is working very well for this account as well. Again, you'll see uh, the, the same type of image that, that I just mentioned. So this is kind of like a user-generated image. Somebody from their desk, they send it in to us, and uh, we started running in in the ads. I mean, the, the copy is very good as well. But um, then you can see here in the comments, um, where uh, we're using a lot of the images from the reviews and then some of the some of the reviews themselves and um, you can see here we have 213 comments 205 shares it creates a lot a lot of engagement so just wanted to share that with you guys as another form of uh, specific content you can use for your conversion campaigns for your um, e-commerce stores All right, so let's look at the questions here. Um, let's see, somebody says, my ads reach a limited learning step very quickly. What should I do? I don't uh, manage to do conversion ads. All right, so the learning phase um, is referring to, um, they, Facebook likes to see 50 events or conversion events, um, whether, or just results. Like it depends what you're, what you're optimizing for. Uh, but the learning phase just means that something is not uh, working very well yet uh, with your, you know, with your ad set. It could be um, that you just need to increase the budget a little bit to get more results and then it'll get out of that learning phase and then even show you even better results. Or it could be um, that your, uh, your ad itself, your creative might need some uh, revamping there to, to create more engagement so that you can get some more reach and then in turn you'll get some more conversions and some more events of what you're what you're looking for there so facebook can get you out of the learning phase um anything to add to that john 
Um, that's you actually answered it perfectly. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, let's see. Somebody else says, um, "Do you know of any current ways to target or retarget Facebook top fans?" Uh, these are engaged fans listed in the community section on the Facebook page. Any thoughts on how to reach them with ads? Um, no, I, I, I don't have a way. I know that you can create a custom audience of, um, of engaged, um, you know, people that have engaged with your, with your page in general or people that just engage with your ads, somebody that clicked the, um, the, the call to action button on your ads. Those are all, um, you know, that those are all the ways to target engaged fans. Um, but I, I know that I know what you're talking about as far as the top fans. Uh, Facebook is giving away that badge once the customer has been interacting with your page a lot. So do you have a uh, do you have any uh, hack any workaround, Donald? No, I've been checking lately. Um, you actually cannot retarget yet your Facebook fans or the those with badges, um, but you can retarget your engaged um, followers. Or you can do a custom targeting, um, for example, those that engage in the last 180 days and then narrow it down by those that engage in the last seven days. Yeah. That would probably show you your most engaged um, followers. Yeah, that's a good point. Also, um, I mean, depending on how big your, your page is, um, you might not want to filter down all the way down to just the top fans because the audience might be too small and then your ads are not going to perform. Remember, you want if you want... What, what you want is conversions. Let's say you have an e-commerce store, then you need a big enough audience for uh, going back to what we were just talking about, the learning phase for, for that not to hold you back. So um, one tip I'll give you if you want to target just something like Donald said, like very smaller audience, like let's say they engage in the last only seven days, then you can use a reach campaign and then um, Facebook will, will reach more people that way than if you threw them into a conversion campaign. So, so yeah, I, I would do what Donald said. Let's uh, just target somebody in the last seven days, 14 days. All right. Somebody else says, when you find a good organic video to run ads, do you always create a new campaign for that content or do you put them in an existing top of the funnel campaign? I'll let Donald go into that one. Yeah, you can actually add it on your top of the funnel campaign since it's all running under ABO or ad set budget optimization. You can easily add a new ad set onto it, different audience, or you can also update or change the ad levels on your current ad sets that are running. You can switch things up, you can edit things up, as long as you find um, content that are actually um, generating good organic engagements from your either followers or subscribers. Okay, so somebody's asking, once you launch your ad, where can you go to to find it live on Facebook so you can add some engagement or likes to the ad? I guess kind of like what I was doing there. So I'll just share my screen real quick and I'll show you. Um, let me get out of here. Okay, so, so once you're inside your business manager, you're going to navigate to the uh, campaign that you have and go to the ad set that you're trying to access the, the different creatives. And then once you have your creatives here at the ad level, you just click the box right here, click preview, and then you want to get the uh, Facebook post with comments. So that's the link that will open up just that ad on your newsfeed here. And now you can uh, type in whatever you want, like, share it, you know, 
Um, you can do whatever you want there. Um, yeah, so I hope that answers that. All right, so somebody else says, but then uh, you can do a lookalike of the top fans. Correct. Uh, I mean, if you had a custom audience and you can make a lookalike, like, like we said, we, there's no way of creating the custom audience right now of just the top fans. But I will say for a good lookalike to work, you want enough data. So again, if you have a really big page, then definitely let, you know, we can maybe even brainstorm and, and get back to you on how to uh, target those people. As of right now, there's no, there's no way to do that. But um, let's say, you know, you, you did have a, a, um, a lookalike of like, let's say a hundred people. I mean, a, a custom audience of, let's just say, 100 of those fans, uh, it's not going to get you a very good lookalike. Facebook will still make, create the lookalike for you. And yeah, you can, you know, try to um, throw them into your campaigns. But for your lookalikes to work the best, um, they should either have about 500 to 1,000 different um, people uh, or events into it. Like, for example, for conversion campaigns, um, the best thing that we like to do, like, let's say we want to target a, a lookalike of purchasers or, or add to cart people, we want at least 500 people in there um, for that lookalike audience to perform better. Yep. And you can also try to create a lookalike or a value-based lookalike audience from your purchasers. If your pixel has a good amount of data of sales, add the cards or view content, you can create a value-based lookalike of those audiences and then put them on your funnels. Um, since it's a lookalike audience, it would still go to your top or bottom of the funnel. It, I wouldn't recommend putting it directly onto your um, bottom of the funnel or conversion campaigns since they, it's a lookalike. They don't or have not seen or heard of your brand as of yet. So targeting them directly for purchase would not be ideal. Have them first learn or start trusting your brand and then just build out another custom audience out of your lookalike audiences afterwards. Yep. Agree with that. Uh, so somebody else has here, do you ever suggest running any campaigns with the objective being traffic versus leads or conversions? So um, I would say, I, I mean, I would say yes at the very beginning, if your pixel, like John was saying earlier, if it needs to, if it needs to learn, you need to help it learn. And the best way to do that faster would be traffic campaigns because they are um, going to get you usually more traffic and cheaper traffic than uh, a, a conversion campaign optimized for leads. So, but so, so you would do your traffic campaign and then you can just say there that you want to optimize for uh, landing page views instead of just clicks. Um, so you want that, you know, clicks versus landing page views, your landing page view is going to be somebody that actually is going to sit there for a few seconds on your page and then the event will trigger. So that's a high, obviously a higher qualified person than just somebody who clicks. Um, and it's going to help your pixel learn faster. So uh, the answer is, yeah, we would suggest doing that, if, especially if you're just starting out. And if you're not, if you already have a few um, events, um, um, again, like John was saying, at least 50 of uh, leads that have triggered in your funnel before, then you want to just start off optimizing for leads and uh, just do a really good job with your creatives and your targeting. And then you should start to see more leads with that. Yep, and just to add, as um, what Manuel had been saying before, always be testing. Test yeah. your campaign objectives out, test different audiences out, test different creatives, add copy, test 
everything one at a time so you can find your winning audience winning creative winning copy and then you can optimize better or scale it better or base your future creatives or audiences out of those winning campaigns that's right and someone was asking earlier if this also applies for amazon yes um, naming convention campaign structure and content strategy um, we also use those for our uh, Amazon clients or Amazon brands that we are currently running. Having a good content um, structure or content strategy actually would benefit your whole brand in general, including your Amazon store, store or online store as well. That way, um, when you have provided your audience with so much content, you now have the, the um, option to continue selling them anything for example what we are doing with dr berg and natural slim we don't stop providing our audiences with content we always have a vdv campaign running we always have organic posts being added on the page daily um, if you notice dr berg he has around three to four videos daily added onto his channels and a couple more of images and blogs so content is the key for you to build your audiences and then get results or sales afterwards yep uh somebody else saying uh, what are the minimum metrics you consider before deciding to turn off an ad that isn't converting in other words how long will you run an ad that is not converting before you pull it so i'm assuming we're talking about a uh a, a conversions campaign for uh e-commerce um so the answer to that is, I mean, we usually base it on uh, a break-even point. So if you're selling a product that is, just to make math easy because I'm not good, <laughs> uh, $100, right? And your, uh, you know, your um, cost to, for, of that product is uh, $50. And uh, so you have a $50 margin. If you spent $50 on an, on an ad set and it still hasn't converted a sale, then probably need to try something different. Um, now that said, sometimes, um, you know, depending on your budget and your risk, you know, um, your risk tolerance and whatnot, maybe you keep it going for a little bit more and you can spend a hundred or 150 cause you're more interested in acquiring the customer because you know, once they become a customer of yours, they will buy, you know, 20 X more than, than that first product or whatever. So, uh, but as a rule of thumb, you know, we kind of go based off of like break even points. Yep, and just to add, uh, normally we do run it for at least 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. So you can get a sure. good amount of data before you decide to turn off campaign or to scale it. Yeah, I agree with that. It kind of goes with what I was saying earlier. If, you, if your budget is going to be smaller on your ad set, you got to give it more days in order for it to learn. And, uh, you know, the first few days you might not get anything at all, and that's fine. But then, again, it still goes back to the break-even point. Um, uh, and, and also your risk, uh, tolerance on that. But Jonald is totally right. You got to give it some time to at least uh, go out there into the audience and, and find out what's working, um, within the first like 24, even 48 hours, if you're not seeing even like any, like you're, if you look at the, the columns on your dashboard, there's one that you can add is called the CTR, your click through rate. I mean, you want to see that at least, you know, uh, I don't know, above 1% or something like that. That means at least people are engaging with it. They're clicking on it and whatnot. If you're seeing people are commenting and sharing it, okay, that's a good sign. Um, and then again, assuming this is like an e-commerce thing, um, if you see people are adding it to cart, again, that's another good sign. Um, so, yeah. Yeah.
Hey guys, it's Jimmy again. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Facebook Marketing Ninja Podcast. If you want to learn more advanced ninja tactics to grow your business and master social media marketing, then sign up for the Manuel Suarez Coaching Program by heading over to our website, www.agmninjalab.com. That's www.agmninjalab.com. 